You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I wanted to call it, where are you really from? But then I realized that someone else took the fucking title. That's already gone? Yeah. I was like, oh, my oh gosh. fuck. So my other, my other option was fat, femme, and Asian, which is like... <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, that's why I'm the first guest. This is East Side Story, and I'm your host, Chiang Ng. Each week, I sit down with an Asian or Asian-American artist working in the New York theater scene, and I excavate their life story. How they grew up, how they got their start in theater, as well as projects they've worked on and upcoming work that we should anticipate. This week's guest is David Park, an actor-musician that has been seen on film, television, and the stage. He made his off-Broadway debut in Red Rose's Green Gold at the Minetta Lane Theater and is a proud alumnus of Pace University. I met David during his off-Broadway run and I instantly fell in love with his charisma and talent. He has sung in multiple projects of mine, including my composer debut at Joe's Pub. I hope that after this podcast, you will also fall in love with this unique Korean-American man. So anyway, what's your name? Tell us more about yourself. Uh... Did, did you get my bio? Yes, I did. With <laughs> I the LOL. I didn't, did I say LOL in it? That's hilarious. Um, unprofessional. Um, I'm David Park uh, from Los Angeles. Live here now, pursuing the, the dream, as they say. Where is here? Here in New York City. They don't know that? We're in beautiful NYU, the facilities here. Free. Free. For life. Just graduated. Yes. Cla- you know, work. let's... And so you grew up in Los Angeles, and then when did you move to New York City? I moved to New York in the summer of fall of 20, what year is it now? 2019? So like 2013. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, you moved in the summer of 2013? Well, because I moved here to go to school in the fall. So like the end of the summer, beginning of the fall, like August. I moved here in in the summer of 2013. Oh my gosh. Wait, really? (laughs) Yeah. After I graduated from college, so I'm older. Well, but you knew I, I was older. But I also went to school late. Like, I'm turning 28 in September. But that's not old. You're still young. You're still in your 20s. I'm pretty old, dude. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I think I'm 28. I don't remember what. You I was think born you're 90, 28. I was born 91, so 29. Yeah, yeah you're 28. turning 28. Math. Quick maths. <laughs> Hashtag Asian. <laughs> um, before we, we delve into all that, why don't you talk a little bit about your experience growing up? You said you grew up in L.A., Grew up in L.A. In um, the city? So I grew... Okay. Good question. <laughs> um, my, like, childhood child... I don't know. It's split, kind of. So from 
ages like born to 10, I lived in an area <laughs> ages called... Ages born to 10. Yeah. That's like great. <laughs> I, um, I lived in an area called Hancock Park, which if anyone knows LA, it's now right across from where the Grove is now. But the Grove wasn't there when I was growing up. And it was like this really cute like apartment complex area that is now like super expensive and like bougie and so you grew up bougie or um <laughs> i grew up poor and i'm still poor um <laughs> but that, it's like la brea tar pits is the area kind of and then uh it's really close to koreatown which is a really big area in los angeles um and then I moved to Burbank when I was 10, and that's kind of where I lived until I moved here. So half in the city and then half like in the suburb outside of the main city. And you, how many siblings do you have? I have two siblings. I have a younger brother, Daniel. Uh, <gasps> Daniel! Yeah. But I have not, not, not our Daniel. But not our Daniel. I mean, he's still my <laughs> Daniel, but not our Daniel. Um, it's funny because people call me Daniel all the time. People oh. that don't even know that I have a brother named Daniel. Mm-hmm. It's just like this, I don't know, it's this thing. And Koreans love to name their sons after like biblical characters. Koreans love Jesus. Um, <laughs> That's and, a stereotype, isn't it? Or like, It's true in my, in my world. All the Koreans I know like either grew up in church or still go to church or like don't anymore. But Did you go to church? I did grow up in church. Okay. I did. So D- David and Daniel, which is like, the most stereotypical, like David Park, there there were literally three David Parks in my high school while I was there. Like, <laughs> let's get a little more original. Call me like Umbaku. DP. Ooh. Not DP. Mm, okay. Well, <laughs> gay. Um, sorry, so I cut you off. And so you have a brother, just one brother, younger brother? No, and a younger sister who okay. just graduated from UCLA. Yeah. And she's actually about to move to Korea. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. She's going to move there. Um, not for any... Like, specific reason, it's not like she has, like, this career opportunity lined up. She just, um, she grew up in L.A., went to school in L.A., and I think because she's not really sh- Sorry, Michelle, if I'm putting you on blast. Uh, to me, it just seems like it's it's an opportunity for her to expand her horizons and, you know, maybe a little soul-searching and just it's somewhere she's always wanted to live. And I'm actually really jealous of that because... Do you want to do that, too? Yes. I haven't been to Korea in, like, 17 years. Se- wow. Yeah, wow. it, it's been a, I last time I went I was like 11 or 12. And uh wait, have you seen the farewell? Mm, no, it just opened yesterday. Also, I don't know when this is going to come out, so whoops. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to come out in the past, so <laughs> the farewell is still going to be a thing. Um Great. So, what but also if you're a real fan, you would have seen it on opening day, ah. but no big deal. The weekend numbers matter, so everyone go see the farewell. <laughs> it's not going to come out today. <laughs> this is not radio. Great. Um but it's amazing. Um, and A24 is putting out some great films, cast me in a movie. Um, but what I love the most about it is, and I don't know if this is necessarily an accurate statement, but it just feels like maybe the most important movie that I've seen um, for like Asian slash Asian American representation to like Western cultures and peoples. Because, I mean, it just talks a lot about like, the culture and like the importance of family and and do, do you know the plot? I I don't I all I remember well I saw the trailer and I remember like I think the grandma's dying and they don't want to tell her exactly oh my god that's literally my life my grandma passed like three years ago yeah and my an aunt of mine had like a small like cancer scare and she didn't tell us until after and she was like by the way this happened and we're good oh it happens all the time yeah and. I mean, so that had happened in my life and I was like, oh, that must be like a Korean thing. But I think it's like an Asian thing in general. And there's like this pivotal scene where 
it's you know spoiler alert okay it's okay listen it's not a big twist it's just <laughs> it's a cultural lesson but billy who's played by aquafina is kind of the like the avatar for for kind of the western yes, society yes and me as an asian american like i recognize the themes but i consider myself an american and like while i appreciate and recognize themes of like asian culture like i'm much more familiar with american culture so even though i knew this was a thing because i had experienced in my own life i was still like okay like where where are they going with this and like how are they going to use this as a teaching moment and like how are they going to tie this together and her uncle is telling her about like we're not telling her because it's like it's our job to carry that burden for her mm. you know what i mean like what what do you do by telling her like the doctors say this is incurable it's mm. terminal so there's nothing that can be done for her so why not just let her live her life blissfully unaware and like happy and we will carry this sad burden for her and like that is such an amazing sentiment and he's like yeah he's like chastising her and he's like it's not my fault that you're too weak and like you're going to feel guilty um about quote unquote lying to her like it's it's your duty to be strong for her mm-hmm. and like i felt so moved by that because one because it had happened in my life and i was very confused when my mom told me what my aunt had done but i just feel like okay so you know that scene in mulan uh which the trailer for that looks amazing oh as well. my god with with a bunch of problems but we're not going to go into oh, that okay, okay. right now you're right you're as a <laughs> yeah you would know more than me um but the the scene where they're they're after he's gotten his uh conscription to go back to the army and they're eating their little dumplings which always looks so good like the way they draw the food it's amazing you know when she like pours the tea into the cup oh my god like i could talk about that forever but um they're sitting there and like she's talking she's like you shouldn't have to go fight like you already fought and he's like he, he's like it's bigger than that right. it's this is for china it's not about the fa family it's it's bigger and like in a in a weird way i was like oh the farewell is like that family dynamic if she had never run away and like they had just like explored that and like really gone through like she she has a very like i mean she's fighting for her father but it's also like from western mentality it's like no like don't fight like you already fought you're injured you're probably going to die he's like right individual individualism right. And-, and he's like listen i know i'm going to die but i'm going to die for my country right so that's it- also kind of crazy because like as I, I consider myself pretty young still, and I also have the mentality. I grew up in Singapore, but I'm like, fight for your country. I am not going to die for my country. Right. Let that kind of like individualistic Western notion of like, me, me, me. And then you realize like Asian culture is a lot about we. It's a lot about family. Mm-hmm. It's about how you navigate your truth, but also like within the community. Right, right. And, and it's, it's the movie's so good because, farewell, um, because like you see the the adults that are more traditionally Chinese, like, you see them, like, they're not just robots that are, like, honor, like, family. Like, the uncle, he, he goes through it, and he, you see him have a, a sweet, tender moment, too. Like, it's not that he's not struggling with it. He's just operating in a system that kind of doesn't allow him to explore that publicly because he he has bigger duties. It's very powerful. I can't wait for people to see it. I think okay, it's going to be really amazing. I have to amazing. go see it. I and, ended but, up having to go see Spider-Man because my friends really wanted to. Listen, that's a great movie too. But all <laughs> but all of that to say, it really makes me want to go to Korea. Okay. And like, I mean, I've I've wanted to do that for years and years, but... To live there? Like, for a year or two? Or I don't more. know if I could live there. Like it. But you, you've never tried it. You, that's you've true. Never... 
But I think, I mean, what probably a lot of people don't understand about Asians that are born in America that have a loose, t- uh, like, connection to the motherland. But, like, I would not fit in in Korea. Like, I would very much be a foreigner Talk there. Talk more about that. I mean, Korean culture is so different than American culture. Like, my grasp of the language is not fluent. There's... Like, the vernacular that I have, like, someone saying lit and, like, you know, knowing, like, like slang vernacular like that. Like, I know nothing of that in Korea. And right. something as simple as that to kind of, um, like, demonstrate that there's just a whole world that I'm not a part of there. Um, but also, like, culturally, I feel a tie to, you know, like, those roots. And I would want to explore that. It's, it's very – it's like the dichotomy of my life as a Korean-American man. Did you grow up – Speaking Korean in your family, did your parents... I remember we kind of talked a little bit about this mm-hmm. before, where, like, your parents sent you to Korean like, language school, and then you were like, I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought it was the worst thing ever because it was Saturday morning, and all my friends at school were, like, not... You know, they were playing video games, and my ass had to wake up at 8 and go to h a n g u r a k y o Like, all my Koreans out there know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of, like, second-generation kids of any, any country know, but... Yeah, I mean, I would take my Game Boy and just train my Charizard. Let's go. <laughs> and, and your parents are first-generation immigrants. Mm-hmm. And when did they move here? Did they so, meet here or did they meet in Korea? So they, they technically met here. My, so my dad, my dad has this huge, complicated story. He never met his birth father because um, my grandfather passed away while my grandmother was pregnant with my dad. He's the youngest wow. of four. He has three older sisters. And um, during the Vietnam War... My uncle Harvey, who was an American GI, was stationed in Korea as a communications officer. And he met my aunt and fell in love. Um, and they, he married her and then he emigrated them back to the States. But because of, well, originally it was just her and my grandma. Um, but he brought my dad with him when my dad was like a teenager. But because of kind of logistical issues, he actually adopted my dad. Oh, my God. y e s Oh, because of, like, visa and, like, Mm -hmm. family and, like, siblings. Mm -hmm. And my Uncle Harvey had to be honorably discharged because he was marrying an Asian woman during the Vietnam War. Like, like it was this whole thing. Holy Um, fuck. So, my dad half grew up in Korea and half in America. So, he grew up... He was fluent in English. Mm. Um, So, I think that kind of contributes to me not being as strong in Korean that I might have been if like maybe his English had been weaker like I would have been forced to use a lot more Korean Korean at home like I speak Korean exclusively with my mom but she's like kind of the only person that I feel comfortable using my Korean with because I'm so self-conscious of it right right so like I know she'll understand what I'm saying but it's like it's truly like a second grade vocabulary it is so interesting Um, I mean I'm a first generation immigrant and it's like I never even realized until very very recently that I communicate with my parents purely in Chinese Mm. Like, we don't speak. The only time we speak English is when we text. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Right, you told me that what? once. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's subconscious because you, you I, can't, I cannot imagine being a, a second generation American, having grown up in America, but like trying to think about your ties and what you are, what your relationship with your home country is. Because I grew up completely right. in my home country. And then that's a whole different um, experience. For sure. But... So, yeah, I mean, I get I get this like pang of it's a very complicated emotion that I don't know how to describe. But the flavors are like guilt and sadness and regret of 
when I'm when I'm speaking to my mom and like I want to tell her things I'm feeling and going through, but I literally don't have the vocabulary to express the depth of my emotion to her because I I just don't know how. Mm-hmm. And even if I try to say in English, like she doesn't know how to receive that. Oh, did and she not speak? Uh, I mean, she she spoke a little English earlier, but like she's used it less and less growing up. So it's really just like. Like her English vocabulary is like a little, like I would say, a little weaker than my Korean, but it's not not by much. Mm. Um, so it, it's like my mom and I have a deep emotion. Like I know she understands me, and whenever I go to her with issues and like I'm feeling things, like she will just give me advice without me having explaining what I'm feeling. Mm. That just always hits home, and I'm so grateful for that. But it's also like there are times that. I can't even speak to my mom in a way. You know what I mean? That is so fascinating to be like, you grew up together. I mean, she raised you. Yeah. But there's this barrier of communication mm-hmm. where like you have a vast understanding of English and a small understanding of Korean, and your mom has a vast understanding of Korean and a small understanding of English. And then how do you, how do you communicate? Right. Like that? the person that knows me the most, I can't talk to. Right. About the things I want to talk to about the most, and I, I'm trying to learn better Korean, but you know they say it's harder to learn a language as you get older. And uh, I mean, oh, of course. Like I mean, I'm familiar with it. So, but like just to be fluent in another language is like a whole other thing. Like the nuance that you, I don't know, but it's it's wild. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And I grew up, I remember having an epiphany like years back of realizing that growing up I had subconsciously resented my mother or like judged my mother for not being able to speak English and being like oh like or I, I think I realized that on some level I'd been like is my mom dumb like is is wow you know what I mean just because like as a kid I was like I'm American I'm growing up in America I speak English like that's the standard I have and my mom's like well I realized that she grew up in Korea like she's fluent in like she's this whole other person that I don't even know because I can't access it right Isn't that crazy? I'm just having all the feels because I'm like, I I just can't imagine being in in your position because, oh my God. But also like latching on to like literally what you just said, you grew up and you thought, hey, I'm American. At what age or like at what, when did you realize that being American had all these like subsidiaries? Right. That like... That I was an, a flavored American because I'm not white. <laughs> when, yellow flavor. when did you realize that? Uh, um, yellow flavor. I don't know if I have like one moment that like is, is the one that in my pensive like you go to and it's like, oh my God, this is the memory. But there just have been moments in my life where I was made to be very aware that I wasn't the white kid. 
like throughout the time you're growing up or yeah, yeah I'd say there was like a thing at like in junior high a thing in high school and then like now that I'm an actor in New York and like pursuing a career um in acting it's it's not like people are like oh you fucking chink like it's it's not aggressive it's just like understanding how the world operates and how the world consciously and subconsciously views me like what so in junior high I remember like there were these group of girls that were we call them fobs fresh off the boat lol la, la. uh, all the Asians <laughs> all the Asians know what that is yes um it's funny cuz the word for plane in Korean is piengi so it's the same b sound so Koreans say fresh off the piengi that's a little inside <laughs> joke um but they were like super into k-pop and stuff and i was i remember like having this reaction like looking back i'm like wow but being like oh my gosh like stop being s- such a fob like can you just be normal oh wow i said that to a korean person and like now that i'm older and have the the blessing of hindsight i'm like wow like you really were so hurt not cuz of something that explicitly happened to you but just cuz the environment you were in you were told that like you're abnormal like get in line right the idea of normality and and that's also kind of crazy because that goes towards not just race gender identity sexual orientation it's everything everything seems to be geared towards a cis white male centric world but the good thing is like everyone is talking about it right now right. and the more we are aware of it the more we can subvert it the more we can open up discussions um to have to to have a better more inclusive society for people who are just not the same as you 100% and like that's the beauty of twitter and like everyone has a voice and like sometimes i can get a little crazy and out of hand on both sides i would Absolutely. say um because it it always comes from a place of self-preservation it's like i have to say my voice and i have to protect my own because no one is standing up for me and like i totally get that um yeah it's like it's it's crazy like we're making up the rules as we go in in an attempt to just fully embrace everyone so it, you know Yeah? It's uncharted territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got to leave with love, you know. Oh my god. Let's talk a little bit about um your experience here in New York City. So, you came here for school, you went to Pace University for musical theater. Go Pace. And how how was that experience? Um it was a really great experience for me when when I decided to pursue theater, I had done a a production of hairspray at the community college I was attending back home. Yes, Asian hairspray. I was link baby. Oh. And I was like 210 pounds. It was I love it. Lit. I love Yo, it. Yeah, I was like Elvis past his prime, the lights went off. <laughs> Motion sensor. Here. Pause pause. And we're back. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep that in. Okay, we'll see. So yes. So yes, you were saying link. hairspray. Hairspray link 210 pounds. Yeah, oh, I we got pictures at, at David Hyunsu Park. Um but <laughs> It it's one of the only moments in my life where like lightning at a bottle I was like oh my god like this is what I'm meant to do. Uh <laughs> so dramatic. But um yeah, I wanted to move to New York cuz I w- had a dream and still have the dream to be on Broadway, but I wanted to go to school cuz I'm like I'm not going to do this without nothing. Like I need I need experience. I need to I just felt so behind cuz I I was hyper aware growing up with kids in Bur- Burbank, California, which is like where all the baby actors are in yeah. SoCal. Um that like kids had grown up doing this. So um I looked into Pace and I really liked the vibe. It was just like up and coming and like RSO was on staff there and he's like someone that I knew in my limited uh, knowledge of like the musical theater world. And 
funny like that's the only school i applied an audition for and i was like wow i was bitch. like yeah i was like <laughs> i'm gonna leave it up to you know god the universe whatever you want to call it i was like i like this random production had felt like fate to me so i was like i think fate can do it one more time i just needed that push sometimes you sometimes you just never real well i think when you have faith sometimes it works out and sometimes it's not and and sometimes if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, and it's okay. Yeah, but see, Chiang, I think in that sense, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Like that means faith is always working, right. whether it works out or doesn't. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I think my life has shown me time and time again that like things work out, and when they're meant to work out for me. Right. Absolutely. Um, because of like when I'm ready for it, when I'm not ready for it, etc. So, but yeah, pace was great because I I was hoping for. One experience, two training, and I think I got plenty of both there. So you went to school in 2013 and you graduated in 2017. Yes. Right. And what have you been up to since? The, the first time I saw you was in Red Roses Green Gold. Red Roses Green Gold. At Off Broadway. Shout outs. And that is um, with one of my very, very close friends, Debbie Christine Jong. Love her. <laughs> She's killing it right now. and Living the best life. Honestly. Honestly. Truly. And I'm like, why are you not on MasterChef? Shout out to Debbie. Okay, wait. <laughs> uh, quick tangent. She cooked me a literal beef wellington, <gasps> Gordon Ramsay's <laughs> recipe, and it tasted... Freaking like she's, I know. What can't I, I, she do? <laughs> Honestly, plays every like, instrument. Sickest voice, like nicest person. Great chef. I need her on this podcast because I need to talk. Like I've known her for I don't fourteen years. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, how, how small of a world? Like insane. Insane. That's like before I came here. Also, like, good job Singapore because y'all <laughs> pumping out some real talent. I gotta say, real talent. <laughs> represent, represent. Isn't isn't what's her face from Singapore? Julia Bueva or she, yeah, she's also from Singapore. Listen, Singapore. <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians, let's freaking go. <laughs> but, okay, so let's talk a little bit about when you first graduated. You started, you... Was that the first audition you went on again? I, I That's how I remember it. It was, like, if not the first, like, one of the first. I got through CGF. This girl is insane. You. Debbie. <laughs> Debbie, you. that girl. You. <laughs> I'm not. Listen. It's, like, first job out of school, off-Broadway. So Red Roses Green Gold. Which was a huge blessing. And like, I'm so grateful for that experience because I learned a lot, just a lot. Like I can't even begin to describe all the lessons I learned from that production. You were so charismatic on stage. You played the guitar, you sang, oh, thank you, you danced your face off. Okay, but here's the real lesson of that experience. that We closed February um, of whatever year it was. 2018? And I didn't book another theater job until a, a full ass year. Earlier this year. Yeah. So, in hindsight, a year feels like nothing. But I remember during it, I was during like, it, "Whoa!" Like, yeah, yeah. And like already, like I closed Greece at Pioneer three weeks ago, and I'm I'm already in that. Like, whoa! You know what I mean? Like, as an actor, we are so hungry to be present in the moment of like being booked and blessed, which like is not a bad thing to revel in. But um, it's just so crazy how like short term memory I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but I'm grateful for that year where I didn't get any jobs because it just taught me a lot about patience and and understanding that it's truly you know they say it's not a it's not a sprint it's, it's sprint. a marathon yeah. right yeah. and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah i got it got it like there'll be a, like there'll be a couple months where i won't work whatever no a year and also a year is not a long time it's not, relatively it really no isn't. there are actors who have not well i've not worked in a long long time you're killing it in other ways eastbound eastbound come on come on but i'm like 
you know, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. I have a lot of friends who have not been working for like almost three or four years since graduation, and that's just kind of like the where the business is at right now. Yeah. And I think everybody has their own trajectory, and mm-hmm. there's no like. I mean, there are people who succeed right away, and then when you start comparing right. yourself to that, it's yeah. like, why am I not doing that? It's right. like you don't really have an answer to that. Right. But also with Instagram, where everyone is posting their successes, which like that's no tea, no shade. Like you should post your success. Absolutely. You should be proud. Um, but, but like also with how small this community is, it's like I have friends that are constantly succeeding, and I'm not unhappy about that at all. Yeah. But there's that voice in your in the back of your head that's always like collecting that being like why aren't you like what what's wrong with you? Oh, absolutely. And and bringing it back to like being Asian as well, it's like the idea of like success to an Asian family mm-hmm. is a, it looks a certain way because that's how we grew up. I I hope this changes in the next generation, but Success definitely looks a certain way. Every time I go home, my aunt is like, so when are you buying this car? When are you buying this home? When right. are you going to support your parents in this way? Right. And some, it's, it's not that that is a bad sentiment to have, mm-hmm. and I understand what that is, but going off of like, n- no, that's <laughs> success is defined by yourself. Like, you define success. I completely agree. Yeah. I completely. And like, I think as, so what I'm grateful for my, my parents for is, they success to them is defined by me pursuing what makes me happy. Oh, wonderful. And what what will make me feel like I'm living a life that I want to lead. But they you know, like they don't want me to be starving and poor. Like Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it when Asian parents like tiger moms and tiger dads do that stuff, like it's from a genuine place of like I don't want you to struggle like I did or like I want you to succeed. And it's up to kids and parents alike that are still, you know, struggling with that to like make sure that they know where that's coming from. Right. And that's just like humanity in general. It's like, what, what, why are you saying the things you're saying? Why are you doing the things you're doing? Like, where does it come from? Don't you think it's like such a privilege to, to be doing what we do? hundred percent. There are people who have to worry about what they have to eat tomorrow. And like, we're here talking about our lives in the theater. hundred percent. And sometimes, I mean, this is something that, it's kind of like weighing on me. It's like, where do I stand in the global scale right now? Like so much shit is going on. So many bad things are happening. How can I play my part? How can we play our part in making the world a better place? Is it mm-hmm. changing people one step at a time? Is it like, what is it? And and then you really have to like self-reflect, right? You have to think about the things that really, really matter to you and the things that sometimes we get so harped on the littlest things. That we get mad on. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do you ever feel that? It's like, why am I angry over this like insignificant thing? Like, right. I can't. I can't name a, an example off the top of my head right now. But like, are, that's my are you daily... talking about like political stuff or just like in your own life? Like... Just in my own life. Just I mean, also political stuff. But yeah. political stuff is a whole other. Right. But that's why you have to go out and vote. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I, mean, I can't you, vote. Right. Here. Right. No, I know that. But I think I. In in a sense, it's like there's only so much you can do. Like you can you can fucking share all the all the videos on Twitter that you want. Like that's not doing anything. That's just like your pre- your followers. I guarantee that they think the same thing you do. Like yeah. and like your tweet's not going viral. Like what are you doing to make this world a better place? And like me as an actor and as a, just a person, like I can vote and then I can have meaningful conversations out of love with people because yelling at someone when has that ever made someone change their mind 
literally on that point, a lot of people, and this was something we talked about earlier as well, right? Like a lot of people engage other people by confrontation mm-hmm. versus conversation, right? And I, I'm a personal believer that no confrontation is going to yield. Positive results in the way that conversation can absolutely, especially in politics. I think. I mean, one thing that I recently started doing is like started to listen to right wing podcasts because mm-hmm. I really wanted to understand where they're what, coming where, from. Yeah, where 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 the thoughts lie and 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 I and I'm liberal, but I'm also like I kind of I feel like I'm very centrist. I I get I, it. I, I get completely both. Completely agree. Like I have That's very the liberal Asian-ness things. In us. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's the dichotomy of like we're being... literally Switzerland, like <laughs> neutral as fuck. But it's you know what? And I don't mean to cut you off, but it's funny because I have family that like lives in Texas. Koreans tend to be very conservative, mm-hmm. so I grew up and I decided for myself what I believed and what I think, and then that's changing every day. You know, based mm-hmm. on my experience and what I'm seeing and, and learning and reading, but I have family members who are very conservative, and I know that they're not crazy, racist, bigoted like assholes. Right. I, I know that they believe that for a specific reason, and maybe they're ignorant to certain things that I that I am aware of that makes me think differently from them. But I think what happens when all the discourse happens over Twitter is you don't get to know that about the person. You just see the all bold cap text of like, uh, you know, I don't even know. But then that dehumanizes people. And that's like, okay, well, that's that person. I'm this person. Enemies. But it's like we're we're all everyone that gets mad is because they're hurt. Mm -hmm. You know what they say? Like hate and love are closest, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like yin and yang like that. That is true. Everything has another side to it that's directly connected. So, it's, why are you doing the things you're doing? Why do you say the things that you say? Like, I think that's imperative for people to understand that about each other, or like, this is never going to change. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you think, um, living in New York, what have you learned in terms of like your life experience living in New York as an Asian-American person, a Korean-American person, and acting? In the musical theater world, what do you think you have learned that other people can stand to hear from? Like, mm. you're like, if I could tell you one thing, this is what I would love to tell you. Okay. I think what what I'm going through right now is I have been, you know, so many people say, like, these things are wrong with this industry, like X, Y, Z. And it's not that I don't see it. It's not that I even necessarily disagree. But I think for me, after hearing that so much, I was like, well, yeah. It's everywhere. Like it's, I and I got indignant and upset, and I started bringing that into the audition rooms and like being mad about something, being stressed about something that has never made me better, 
for it. Mm. It it only makes me more confused. It makes me hurt and sad and 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 self conscious. And I started realizing this is actually a recent thing for me of being like, am I projecting all this? Like, do do are they really like sitting there with their arms crossed, being like, well, impress me, kid. Like, we have this white guy that we want to cast, but like maybe if you change my mind, like I'll cast you instead. Like. That could happen, mm-hmm. but I don't know that that's happening in every room I'm going to. You no, know what I, I mean? No, I think I I totally understand where you're coming from as well because it's like it's so easy to project. It's so easy to project your insecurities onto exactly. what's happening, and that's what I realized I was doing. Is like, you know, I'm I'm a very self conscious person. As I think it all is. all of us are. Right. I, I don't mean, yeah. I don't mean to put myself on a pedestal like that, but I just realized that like I wasn't doing myself any favors by like. Again, it's it's, and this is not me dismissing any of that. It's being like I understand that that's happening, but I just need to have, I need to find a better way of like logging that information in and like understanding that that's a goal of mine to help contribute to like changing. But also, it's like I also have to live my own life and and not let that like cripple me in every room I walk in. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think people want me to succeed, and like I want to succeed. Yeah. I mean, I think you are doing really, really wonderful. Thanks, like, man. think about you just played Kaniki in Greece. It was so fun. And you're Asian, so it's like how many how many Greece productions have Asian people in it? Yeah, especially a role like Kaniki, who's like the the maybe you know borderline toxic masculinity presence in the show. But it's like a lot of Asian men don't get to portray someone like hyper masculine they're, they're kind of like the nerds or the sidekicks um and it's so funny because he you know in this show he has grease lightning which is like the super elvisy song yeah. and my dad in college was called korean elvis <laughs> and he was in this like like tech for like engineering frat or something <laughs> and his frat fraternity brothers would take him to sorority row and like have him croon the sorority girls out onto the balcony so it really fell full circle for me <laughs> <laughs> did your dad get to see the production he did he loved it hmm. they loved it that's great that's great if you could give yourself one advice um to your younger self what would you say to little david park oh man um <sighs> I'm going to cry. I mean, there's a lot, but a lot of my issues today, my confidence issues, my self-worth issues come from like image issues. Mm. I grew up really chubby and I grew up like I have really chinky eyes. All these things like that compared to people that I saw were getting all the attention. I was like, oh, well, you're not that. So you're not, you're worthless. And like it's years and years and like current battles of just like undoing that trauma. And so I would tell little David that it's like, you are enough. And that's so cliche, but it, it's just so true. And I, I don't doubt that many people need to hear that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you are enough. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're smiling. You, 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 you're one of the wo- most wonderful people I've known because truly your work ethic is great and you have a great voice and you always bring this energy into the room that's like, completely fresh and you so it's like whenever we get to work together i'm like yeah david's my guy i would so in greece um i was really close with our sandy emma hearn who's amazing mm-hmm. if you ever need a white girl she's your girl <laughs> um but we were talking one night it's like i get to connive so much in rehearsals just because i and this is like one of the few compliments i will give myself it's like i just know how to pick the spots man like <laughs> Like the moments where like I can do some stew or say something really stupid and like it won't 
detract, but it'll like kind of refresh the room. So thank you. Yeah, I, I, that is a compliment that. Uh, like there's a million compliments that I will not accept at my heart because I'm too self-deprecating too honestly. But that's one that I'll be like, thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few other questions before we wrap this up. Um, what will you want to do in order for you to say, "I've made it"? <sighs> that is a loaded question. It is. It absolutely is. And it, because may- I and honestly, I think a part of me hasn't fully accepted what. I deem as success yet. Mm. When, when I had my first meeting with my agents, they're like, "What career do you see that you can model yours after?" And I was like, "Honestly, none, because there aren't enough. There isn't enough diversity of of Asian male actors that I've seen where I'm like, oh yeah, like I really see myself in that. Like I see a little John Cho in me. I see a little Randall Park. I see a little Daniel Day Kim. But like those are." three men and I'm, I'm no I'm missing some but like three men out of so many like white and other race men that have such vast careers yeah just think about the Chris's. different types you know yeah I mean literally just the Chris's and like yeah so um but I was like you know what I want I want to say that I want an EGOT and like that's not me saying that I'm gonna win one I mean that'd be great but it because <laughs> I said that because it would mean that I had a diverse career because mm. I have so many interests mm. and I just want to like work with people and like do things, you know? So, but uh, that's, so that's like the, the um, success oriented side. But honestly, like if I can make money being an actor and support a family and like have a, have a wife and kids, that's a great life, man. And yeah. like, I don't know if I need much more than that. Yeah. And I think just elaborating on that, for me, at least what I'm picking up on is the idea of joy. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you you love what you're doing and you are succeeding at what you're doing, but, you know, making a living and, and doing what you love. Hey, man, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is the truest thing ever. Absolutely. Also in the farewell. Go see the farewell. <laughs> this, this podcast this sponsored, episode. literally sponsored by the farewell Aquafina. Sponsor us, Aquafina. You can Venmo me at David Parkey. That's that's with a Y. <laughs> um, before we go, do you have any questions for me? Any questions for you? Yeah. Anything that you would like to know? Anything you would like to say? Anything you would like to find out? Yeah. Any so deep wh- dark secrets. When are you writing this Crazy Rich Asians musical? Oh my God! Crazy Rich Asians sponsor us. <laughs> literally. Um, and can I have a part in it? I'll, I will be janitor number three in that production. I don't care. Um, I already actually talked to my agent about this. And he was like, you are not going to write this show. <laughs> he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He was just like, well, the studios are going to take a long time yeah, before this Chiang happens. Yeah, said, bitch, bet. I will write the show. <laughs> I was like, how many Singaporean writers do you know? Literally. Like, literally Musical theater writers. Yeah. There's if, if Two. Like, no, I'm not going to name any names, but if a certain... If certain individuals that are obviously a higher profile, it, I just if a white man writes this musical, I'm be pissed. <laughs> it, like, if it's not Chiang, then someone, like, make him black, yellow, brown, something, anything, anything, anything. I cannot have a white man write that musical. But then I should write the musical. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're making this happen. You heard it here first. At John M. Chu, I, I've added so many people. <laughs> This, I'm, this is a PSA. I'm putting y'all on blast. Did you like that episode of Eastside Story? If you did, follow us on Instagram at Eastside Story Pod and at Chiang Music. 
Go on to Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us, and don't forget to subscribe. Or if you're a Spotify user, you can also click the follow button. Even better, you can tell someone about the podcast. And the best part, they don't even have to be Asian. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.